Hello music lover, when listening to this week's episode you may notice some interesting sound effects flawlessly edited in. That's because the world of wrangling superfans is a dangerous one and superfans can sometimes slip away like the wind through our fingers. For this week's episode we spoke to the amazing and honourable Austin from Colorado, but that is not the name we had at the time of recording, which is why we've had to remove the name using a variety of horror movie screams. I hope you enjoy the episode and our interview with Austin. Let's get on with it. Welcome to Superfancast, my name is Chris, I'm joined by Matt, and this is Season 2, Episode 4, Typo Negative. I'm all dressed in black and green, and I've got a bottle of red wine next to me, so I'm ready. Wow, you're very ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that ready. You're dressed <laughs> in your multicoloured pyjamas and your, and your, your Horlicks I'm wearing, next to I'm you. I'm wearing a clown suit, and I'm, I'm teetotal. <laughs> oh, oh, mate, you can't, do, you can't do a Typo Negative episode dressed as a clown. <laughs> Actually, oh, I'm going to get straight into type of negative. I was watching an interview with with uh, Peter yesterday, mm. where he was talking why he about why he didn't change his style for 20 years. And have you seen that? No. Ah, oh, so he was being questioned on the fact that 20 years later he still had the same long black hair and still, you know, clean shaven, always wore the same kind of shirts and same trousers. And he said that he owes it to the fans to continue looking the way he did when they first got into him. And he and he was saying that. Uh, he, he disrespected um, Metallica a little bit when they cut their hair off mm. because he said it, that was like them saying to the fans, we know you're going to buy our records now, we don't have to put the effort in. Well, that seems like a very steel thing to say. Yeah, it's a very Peter Steele thing to say. It's a good interview, yeah. actually. He's he's great uh, with interviews, isn't he? He's very entertaining. He's so good with interviews, yeah. he's That's the... Oh, there's, so, there's so much to, to, to draw you in with Peter Steele, isn't there? Um, mm-hmm. brilliant, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Um did you uh, enjoy last week's interview with First Signs of the Aftermath? Yeah, it was cool. Really nice. Yeah, it's good to, for you to talk to Tom Holland. Uh, different Tom Holland to what a lot of people know. But yeah, it sounded good. And yeah, I love their music. It's really wacky and bizarre, but they're cool guys. Yeah, they're really cool guys. Really cool music. I really enjoyed it. And I'll take that opportunity just to remind people that if you want to get in touch with us, if you are an up and coming band and you want uh, a spotlight, then you can contact us via the contact form on superfannews.net or via Twitter or Facebook. Or if you just want to get in touch and let us know how we're doing with the show or give us a recommendation or say hello, then um, do either of those aforementioned actions. <laughs> Nicely said there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the weather's gone to shit, hasn't it? It's always shit up here where I am, so I don't know, <laughs> has it? <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty grim here. Like we we had we had a beautiful day of sunshine about two days ago, and then it and then it just goes freezing cold again. It's it's mental. It's just such a British podcast, isn't it? We're talking about the weather, and it's only a few minutes in. It has come to that, hasn't it? The last few episodes, I think oh. it's it's that time of year now because I spend I spend about six months of the year whinging about the cold, and it's that time of year now where the sun starts to poke his head around the corner, and so mm. I'm I'm starting to pay more attention to the weather. Oh, One yeah. day we're going to have to, to uh, do an episode about the Weather Girls. You know that band, the Weather Girls? Yeah, I could do the Weather Girls or um, Crowded House. Crowded House? What, what have they got to do with the weather? You always take the weather with you. Oh, yeah. Clever. Was that, was that, a, was that a little bit highbrow? Yeah, sorry, dude. I've had too much wine. 
<laughs> That's too high. They're very highbrow band. All right, I'll I'll take the attention away from you for a little bit then, and tell tell you what's been um what's been filling my eardrums this week. Not not a great deal. We spoke not that long ago, and I've been listening to loads of typo negative, so mm. uh, I've not been listening to that much different stuff. There was an album that came out just two days ago, I think. Uh, yeah, it came out on Friday by a band called Scalping, mm. and the the album was called Void. I think it's called Void. It's their debut album. And that's super cool. Uh, I did. I have listened to that. I only listened to it once, um, beginning to end. But I'll, I'm definitely going to listen to it more once I have got a bit more time. Scalping, as in, as in, taking someone's scalp off. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's not what you think though, because with a name like that, you, you're probably thinking it's grindcore or something like that, and it's not. Yeah. It's a really unique, or I, I think it's unique their sound, but it could be that there's a whole genre of this, and I just haven't discovered it. But it's it's quite a unique sound to me in that they're merging various different electronic genres with um, kind of metal guitars. I mean, they're a live band, but they've got a lot of electronic effects and it, I don't know how else to, how else to say what I'm saying, really. <laughs> hmm. uh, we need to check out Scalping and find out. Yeah, I mean, the first... So the, the opening track on the album is a track called Blood Club. And if you just nice. listen to that, there's no way that you're going to think this is a is a live band with guitars and drums and whatever. Like it's it's super electronic, mm. um, kind of sounds like dark ambient music. And then the second track on the album, Caller Unknown, there's a point in that where the guitars come in, and it and then it just it compl- takes a complete turn. And then it's just a, it's a different genre, but it, it merges so well. It's, yeah, it's flawless. It's it's really clever. I, I really mm. really like it. Um, as I say, I don't know any other bands like that, but there could be a whole world of bands like that. And these guys just happened to come on my radar because they had a debut album out this week, and, and I thought the the cover art looked interesting, and so I clicked on it. But yeah, definitely check them out. I, I think you'll like them actually. Hmm, interesting. Um, and I've also been listening to Gin Blossom, who I didn't know. But do you do you know Gin Blossom? Not early nineties. No. Yeah, I, I say early nineties, but actually I think they're still going. But yeah, I guess they were started out in the late 80s and and had some hits in the 90s and i discovered them this week when one of their tracks found out about you was on a playlist and i recognized it so i they, as i said they have had some hits and found out about you was is one of those hits and i checked out what album that was from which was a early 90 or mid 90s i think can't remember when it came out new miserable experience was the name of the album hmm. and they're a really cool sound. I mean, just quite soft alternative rock. It, it sounds very nineties, even though they're still going, or you know, recently going at least. It does sound very nineties alt rock. Um, mm. Pleasant enough. I like it. Uh, they've got a very distinctive right. sound as well. Like it just, there's no denying who you're listening to when you put on one of their records. All the way through, it sounds like the same band. The guy singing, he doesn't necessarily hit all the right notes all the time, but he's got he's got character to his voice and. But I like their tunes. Very poppy. Yeah, very poppy. But um, oh, I'm not very good at describing music today, am I? Oh, what's happened to you? I don't know. Oh, well, uh, did it sound yeah. like I like them, though? <laughs> it, definitely. Yeah, no, I definitely want to check them out, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the album I've listened to. And also, I've gone... I've made the, a, a major faux pas. And I've actually listened to... So I listened to A New Miserable Experience. And I also yeah. listened to A Best Of... Jim Blossom, which is Ooh, <laughs> I controversial. Know, it's not a good move, is it? But it's not like here. No, I know. But the thing was, I I heard that one song by them, and I thought oh, I recognise that. Maybe I've heard that on the radio before. And then I didn't know the name of it, 
So I went to their best of to figure out which song it was that I recognized. And it's a good best of. There's quite a few tracks there that I think I recognize. So I think that they've had some songs on the radio. And I did I did put them in Wikipedia. And it looks like they had a, a fair amount of success in the US. And they've got a pretty big Wikipedia page for a band that I've never heard of. Hmm. So That's I think maybe cool. they did well overseas. Uh, not No, not overseas if you live in the US, but overseas here. Yeah, overseas is a bit of a relative term, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I think they did well stateside. Nice. Cool. Uh, yeah, gin blossom. That's um, gin, as in the drink. Gin. Blossom. As in the drink and the flower. Gin blossom. Nice. Gin yeah. blossom. Lovely. That's a nice name, isn't it? It is nice, actually. Yeah. Have yeah. you managed to distance yourself from Hey Dougie this week? Just about, yeah. Uh, so I've been listening to a lot of typo negative, of course. So I am depressed and aroused in equal measure. <laughs> Um, I haven't listened to much else, uh, but I have got into a band who I I think could be like my next big obsession. And the first band you were talking about, what was what was their name again? Scalping. Uh, scalpers. <laughs> Scalping. Scalping. Yeah, okay. almost. Yeah, they sound vaguely similar to that, but just from your description, so they could be completely different. It's a band called Sleep Token. So I, as you know, I'm a huge sucker for bands who've got masks on and costumes yeah. i love that sort of stuff so these guys pretend they're like a, a cult I'm, I'm assuming they're pretending because they seem pretty serious in their interviews they're completely anonymous you don't know who they are and they worship a god called sleep and their singer is called the oh vessel yeah so the singer's called vessel he's i think he contains the god sleep um, but it's, it I think does. it's a re- it's it's it it's irrelevant really. It's, the music's so good. Like it's there's beautiful ambient piano going on and very electronic sounds, and then the guitars come in and it's very new metal sounding, but it feels really sophisticated. I know super snobby of me to say that, but tough. Um, no, I think that's it, fair. I it's, new metal is not a sophisticated genre, <laughs> but it's. It, you know, it, it sounds like it's an electronic th- uh, piece, but it, it is all—it's all a live band. And the singer is—you know—he's got a beautiful voice. He sounds a bit like the guy from Bastille, but a lot more virtuosic. Is that a word? Yeah, I think so. And and the drummer—you know—he sounds almost like he's shooting a gun. You know, bang, bang, like the snare. Like I've never heard oh, anyone God. hear a snare so hard. And, and then I watched some live videos of them. And he, and he plays it exactly like that as well. So I've been listening to their album, This Place Will Become Your Tomb, which I think is one of the coolest album names of all time. And I love these guys. And I think if they were playing, I would definitely go and see them. They do actually sound really cool. That um, the, the way you described the snare there, I've I've definitely used that same way to describe uh, Ravi Kesavaram from My Vitriol. and Because uh, his snare, it feels like you're getting hit in the chest with a bullet. Mm, yeah, I love yeah. that. Love that. Yeah, but I honestly thought they were just a guy on a computer singing, and they're a live band, and they have some backing vocals from dudes in uh, like priests' cloaks, and they've all got these masks on with like runes on. But it's it's really cool, really really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm in love with these guys. Absolutely yeah, love with cool. them. S- sleep token. I haven't listened to much else though. I can't remember if I've mentioned on the podcast before, there's this Australian 
duo called Wild Marmalade. Have I mentioned them? Oh, I think no, but I think I've heard of them. Yeah, Wild Marmalade. I've seen them live oh, many times. Yeah, over a handful of times, and they are probably the best on on CD. They don't transfer well onto a onto a record, but live they they're the best live trance music i've ever heard so it's just two guys one on the drum kit one on the didgeridoo and they make trance oh yes cool and it's amazing live and it's yeah i've I've never had an experience where you've got a a live band or two two live instruments making trance and doing it Mm. so effectively and and with so much atmosphere and ah just amazing wild marmalade is so good and yeah nice okay uh, the only <laughs> we were talking just before we hit record about what's going on in music news, mm. and, I, and I said, "Well, there's nothing much going on in music news other than the baby." And you said, "The what?" <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. You just sound like sound like a, a lunatic. The baby, yeah, the baby, the baby. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it, that anyone thought that was a good name? Yeah, the baby. He's a rapper, and um. <laughs> The baby, the baby. <laughs> is it the way that I say it, or is Stop it talking fact? about your baby? But you know, there's a, there's a rapper called Lil Baby as well. Yeah, that's stupid as well. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're actually a little baby, I don't I don't want to listen to your music if you're called Lil Baby. Does he come on stage with a nappy? Funny you should say that. The baby has worn a nappy before. I don't know if he's done it on stage, but there was definitely a clip of him a couple of weeks back where he was at like a, a fan signing thing, and he was wearing a diaper. Uh nice yeah but anyway the baby is is um is all over the news <laughs> always constantly and this guy he God. um i couldn't name a song by him but he's just constantly in the news for doing something wrong so the first time i heard of the baby was like <laughs> you love his name don't you how the can you how time... can you name yourself the baby and be taken seriously it's i don't silly, get it, isn't it? So he was in the news last year when he made some derogatory comments on stage about homosexuals, and then he refused uh. to apologise. Uh, or, or no, he, he kind of he, he made an apology on social media, but it wasn't an apology. It was like, it was like, I'm sorry that you're offended by the things that mm. I say. Like, yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah. Um, and then since then, it's just been a, a, a non-stop, uh, <laughs> non-stop assault from the baby. It's just like every week, every week he's in the news. So like today he was in the news again for like attacking a, a journalist or something. No, it was attacking someone at a music video shoot. But he was in the news like two days ago because a, a felony charge that uh, from like five years ago has come to the surface again where some new video footage has shown that he was guilty or something. And and then before that he was, you know, he was in the news about two weeks ago because he got into a fight at a bowling alley and it's like... I just imagine like the baby's manager is just constantly sitting by the phone, just like, mm. "What has he done now?" Yeah, <laughs> but I guess in in music, any publicity is good publicity, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I couldn't name a song by him, so it's not the right kind of publicity, is it? No, but people people are talking about him, and they will. Well, maybe not us, but people will check out his music because they think, "Oh, who is this? Who is this crazy man with a stupid name?" Yeah. His real name is Jonathan Kirk. Could have gone with like Kirky, J yeah. Kirk. Little Kirk. Yeah, Little Kirk. <laughs> Star Trek theme. So many things you could have been other than yeah. the baby. The baby. God. If you put the baby into Google, 
the second question on Google is why is the baby popular? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. Anyway, that's that. Typo Negative were a gothic metal band formed by bassist and vocalist Peter Steele in 1989 under the name Repulsion. On guitar, keys and drums were childhood friends Kenny Hickey, Josh Silver and Sal Abrascato. After changing their name to Typo Negative and signing with Roadrunner Records, they released their debut Slow, Deep and Hard in 1991. Their third studio album, Bloody Kisses, was the first to break the Billboard 200 and began to earn them a cult following. US chart success continued to increase as they released a further four studio albums, with the last dead again in 2007. Typo Negative toured through until 2009, and then sadly the following year, frontman Peter Steele unexpectedly passed away due to heart failure. The band chose not to continue at this point, and nothing further has been released. And I'll I'll go first with Typo Negative, if you don't mind, I'll get that out of the way. Uh I knew of Typo Negative, so a few moons ago, I, I lived in the Netherlands for a few years, and I had a girlfriend there who worked in a a rock bar and she was really into this she was really into gothic metal mm. and she was quite into Peter Steele and and type of negative music and I was really at that time I really didn't like her taste in music <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just found it really unnecessarily dark which mm. is which we'll, we'll talk about uh, in the in the body of the episode because actually I misunderstood it because I think a lot of type of negative music is not actually that dark necessarily like it's it see it comes across that way, but then when you read the lyrics and stuff, a lot of it's quite pleasant in in ways like yeah, or funny, um, or funny, or there's you know there's a lot of songs about love and and mm-hmm. heartache and things yeah. like that. But there's not the the darkness that you necessarily think of when you see their videos or mm-hmm. um, and when you're sitting in the bar and she's she's putting the music on and you can just you know it's loud, so you can't necessarily hear the, the lyrics or anything, but you can just see. Peter Steele's face on, on the on the videos. You think, oh, this is just a bit dark and depressing, isn't it? Just mm. put something a bit more positive on. So that was my introduction to Typo Negative, and then I never listened to them again until uh, about over about two three months ago. I came across an interview with Peter Steele, and I thought this guy's really interesting. And again, mm-hmm. I didn't really listen to their music at that point. I just thought this chap is super interesting, and I I sought out a few more interviews with him. I just thought he was a, a really sort of mesmerizing talker. I, I liked mm-hmm. the things that he talked about. I liked his charisma. And yeah, it's kind of interesting. And I, I thought this would be a really cool guy to do an episode on. Obviously the band, but but yeah, he, he's an interesting character. And so I didn't really get into their music until researching for the episode. Um, I, could, I certainly couldn't have named anything by them until researching for the episode. But I knew the band name and I knew Peter Steele's name. Um, yeah, mm. that's about it for me. Uh, I'm I'm a complete typo negative newbie. So the first time I heard of them was when you posted a tweet on on our Twitter page about Peter Steele's height six foot eight, mm. just about how he was a very tall bloke. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. And obviously, I don't want to define him by his height because he was also very uh, self conscious about it. And then. You suggested that we did this, so and I thought I'm not going to like this. This is not, this is not something that I would enjoy listening to. It's very dark, and it's it's the sort of music that I would I would have avoided 
for much of my life. I just, I just, I guess I had prejudices about it. Just thought, now this isn't going to be very fun. It's going to be very gloomy and serious. And it turns out it's, you know, it's, it's very entertaining and very enjoyable in a lot of ways. And yeah, it is dark, but it kind of, it kind of revels in it and has fun with it as well. And uh, yeah, my, my only experience really has been the last couple of weeks listening to these guys. And it's been really interesting. Cool. You hadn't heard the name Typo Negative before? Never heard of them, no. It is weird, isn't it? Like, because I, yeah, I mean, I'd heard of it through, yeah, through uh, the, the ex-girlfriend, but they're not someone that's particularly mainstream. Like, you don't, I don't see the name around very much. And even on, you know, the forums and the uh, the circles that, that we communicate in online because of the podcast, I don't necessarily see the name Typo Negative. But then, they do seem to have a massive following online. They seem, yeah, he seems to be huge. super popular, and certainly some of the shows that I've seen, the, some of the live shows I've seen them playing, they were playing big gigs, and and they toured with some massive names. Hmm. Yeah, they have an amazing fan base, really big online. Right. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's get into some questions and find a bit more out about this man, this band. <laughs> let's uh, get into some questions and find out a bit more about this band. <laughs> Okay, Matt, I'm going to ask five questions to help us discover a bit more about typo negative. I'm going to be asking those five questions to help from help. a little bit later. You and he will get one point per correct answer. If you get five questions right, which are not, Matt, these are super hard questions. <laughs> I've done, I'm really proud of these questions, so we'll see. But They're always hard questions, dude. Oh, sometimes I fail, don't I? Like I made a big faux pas on the, on the Primus one, didn't I? Yeah, but I mean, as as a whole, like, I'm never going to get a five out of five on this show ever. Never say never. You're not you're not going to do it this time. No. If you get five, <laughs> if you get five points, you you never. can choose to be a super fan of Typo Negative forevermore. Mm, nice. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. Go on then. Okay. Question one: What did Peter Steele use to sign the contract for Typo Negative with Roadrunner Records? Uh yes. Uh this I I read this. This is I think it was a mixture of hair hair conditioner and chocolate syrup. Yes. Because yeah, because because I read somewhere that it it was his own blood and semen and then I read somewhere else that actually contrary to rumors he he signed it with a mixture of of hair conditioner and chocolate syrup. So That's it. That's that's quite fun. Yeah. You know. There it. you go. Nice. I think I think according to Roadrunner Records, they they always thought it was blood and semen. I think that's what he told them it was, and um, yeah, I guess it looked like blood and semen. The chocolate syrup was mixed with red food dye, so it wasn't just chocolate oh, coloured. Okay. I was going to say like it, it, surely if it looked brown, they would know it wasn't blood. Yeah, um, but Kenny Hickey, I think, is the one that confirmed uh, in an interview a few years ago that it was conditioner and chocolate syrup. But the label didn't know that and it was you know it was always a apparently it was always a story within roadrunner records where they would tell people oh you know the the, the uh mm. the contract we have here for typo negative had actually signed in peter Steele's blood and semen yeah it's a pretty cool story though isn't it <laughs> yeah like imagine if he had a pen that he had he had prepared especially with his bone blood and semen 
<laughs> just for for any 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 signatures he had to do, like signing checks or you know signing things at the supermarket. <laughs> wow, you you thought about it way longer than I did. <laughs> it is a cool story, though. It is a cool story. Yeah. So their relationship with Roadrunner, um, Peter had had already been with Roadrunner, with Carnival, his previous band. Mm. And Carnival released a couple of records through Roadrunner, and they were still locked into a deal when they broke up. So that kind of worked in their favour, I guess, getting Typo Negative signed. Yeah, he already had his foot in the door. I think not only that, I think because he broke the contract for Carnivore, so he was kind of in their pocket. And so Mm. he said, well, look Uh, at this amazing band I've created now. Sign us and we'll continue to make you money. Of course, yeah. Because it was quite a long contract they had with Typo, wasn't it? They released six records on Roadrunner. Uh, oh, as Typo Negative. As Typo Negative, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was only their last album that they released through SPV. Mm. Have you listened to Carnival? Yeah, I have, yeah. What do you think? What do you think? Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll go, I'll go. Yeah. Um, go. I really liked it, actually, surprisingly. I, I wasn't expecting to like it. But yeah, I listened, I only listened to their second album. Um, or not their second album overall, but their second album with Peter. Because they've had quite a long career, uh, Carnival. I think they're... They've had loads of changes of lineup, but the second album with Peter was Retaliation, and it's not entirely dissimilar stylistically to the debut album from Typo Negative in some ways. Say, yeah, I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the vocal approach is a little different at times, and you know the, the yeah, I, th- I think the way that he sings is it. It's Peter singing in Carnivore, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think the way that he sings in Carnivore is definitely more of of their style, that um, sort of thrash metal and hardcore yeah. style. Uh, whereas he 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 starts to experiment a bit more with his singing in Typo Negative than he ever did in Carnivore. But I really enjoyed yeah. it. I think that Jesus Hitler is a really cool song, strangely enough, and I think Technophobia mm. is a really cool song. I, they were way more theatrical than Typo Negative. Have you have you seen them live? They got some pretty cool costumes, haven't they? Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Yeah, <laughs> they got like a post-apocalyptic look. I saw one, yeah, like one Mad, show where Mad Max. Got, like, yeah, Mad Max exactly. And he's got like animal pelts on one shoulder, and then he's got big, big like a uh, foamy spikes on the other shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really cool. I love it. Did yeah. you you liked Carnival? I only watched a few live concerts, and I really liked what I saw actually. And and yeah, as you said, it's it's very similar to So Deep and Hard. It's it's super fresh and angry and angsty but also a little bit cheeky as well i think yeah and they they had quite a solid following i think around that part of new york and peter tried really hard to lose that when they when typo negative started doing gigs because he didn't want to be seen as this is just an extension of carnival uh, okay yeah um, which i think it was easy for people to think when when they saw typo negative in the early years it would have been very easy for them to think it was just an extension of carnival because mm. um, mm-hmm. the music was not that different you had you had Peter up front and he's very easy to recognise <laughs> yeah he does stand out in a crowd doesn't he Yeah, but you know so after Carnival broke he felt his, his time with music was up and do you know what he, he was planning on doing I think you told me this wasn't he looking at being a police officer yeah I don't not even looking at being I think he'd he'd he was in the process of undergoing his physical physical examinations to join the police force. He cut all his hair off. 
Really? And he said he was yeah. So that uh, there's a few pictures of him playing in the early days with short hair because he'd cut all his long hair off after Carnivore, so that he would qualify for the New York Police Department. And yeah, he was he was very focused on that. Wow. Um, but then Imagine Sal, that. yeah, <laughs> very strange. He's full of surprises, isn't he? Like yeah. And, uh, um, but is is it spoiling a later question about his his whole you know his time working for Parks and Rec? No, go for it. I mean, I guess a lot of people in in the UK anyway, when they hear Parks and Rec, they think of the the sitcom. So at first I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit weird. He worked for Parks and Rec, but it's it's actually like he works for the the Parks Department, like driving trucks and looking after the the green spaces in New York. I think. Yeah, and he loved it, didn't he? He loved it. Yeah, he was really he was really happy with with that job, and and uh, he. He had to decide between touring for Bloody Kisses or staying with his job. And he was really annoyed about that choice. Yeah, so yeah, I really respect him for that, actually. Mm. It was it was one of the... Uh, I, I don't know all the reasons why Carnival broke broke up, but it was one of, the re- one of the factors that he didn't want to tour with them. Yeah, he was very happy in Brooklyn. Yeah, well, good for him. That's great. Yeah, I saw, I saw um, a little interview of him or it was it was more him ranting at the camera but he was saying like you know how he he's he's very outspoken about lazy people people living on the dole yeah. and he was saying like oh you know i get up at 4 30 every morning in the freezing cold you know because i've got to work and i was thinking like you know rock stars don't get up at 4 30 in the morning what's he doing <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah he's he's working for the parks uh department yeah amazing man debut album Slow, deep, and hard. What What were your thoughts on your first listen of that? I've got. I've just got to say quickly. A couple of days ago, I was my my mother in law came in and, and into into my little office, and I saw Spotify was open on Slow, deep, and hard. She was like, Slow, deep, and hard. What are you looking at? <laughs> I had to. I, I just. I just. You know, neatly tucked it away. Like, no, it's nothing. It's just <laughs> you uh, neatly tucked it away. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and the website. Uh, so um, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. It's really angry, and uh, in in a way that I haven't really heard on other albums. Like the, the lyrics are just so raw with emotion. You know, it feels you can really feel like it's personal. Everything he's singing, he really means it, and he's he's literally shouting at people. The music's great. I really like this album. Interesting. It's very different to all the other albums, though. But I quite enjoyed it. It's entertaining for me. I, I just think the energy in it is really it's it's uh, it's entertaining. There's a good energy about it. I think. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's there's some things to like about it. Definitely, I I find it almost the most difficult album to listen to. Mm, okay. But definitely, unsuccessfully coping with the natural beauty of infidelity is a song that is just epic, isn't it? It's such an epic yeah. tune. Um, yeah, yeah. And. The audacity of having that as the opening track of your debut album. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just amazing, you know. I know, I know. I mean the, the lyrics, like, you know, you just gotta look them up and think, wow, this is yeah, this is bold. It is. And this is so it's oh you you listen to you think, Oh, this is a good song, and then you think, Oh, it's another good track as well. Look at your phone. It's the same song. It's been like mm. eight minutes now. Thirteen <laughs> minutes long. It's crazy. It's so yeah. long, and it goes through. It really does move through so many different styles, and then and then this this same motif comes back. And you realise that you're still in the same song, you, and you'd yeah. forgotten. You thought you were on the it, next track, and it's it's a very long, deep, and hard song. It is, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah no, it is, it is a hard album to get into. I, I would give you that for sure. But I, I, I find it fun to listen to and I, I didn't get bored at all. I didn't sort of drift away like, oh man, what is this? Yeah. It, does, it doesn't feel pretentious at all. It just, it's just real, really gutsy music, real gutsy music. Yeah, and it feels like the start of their journey. We've we've got the benefit of all seven of their albums to listen to. Mm-hmm. So when you, you know, if if we'd listened to this album and we didn't have the rest of their catalogue yet, I'd probably see it differently. But having this and then having the follow up, uh, you know, the following six records, it definitely feels like it's the start of their journey, and they they move through so many different uh, other chapters. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right, hundred percent right so far. Nice. I'm impressed with that one because that's I, th- I thought that was one of our hard ones. It's it was a little fact that I thought, oh, that's weird. That's different. So it's just stuck in my brain. Yeah, that, that this this band uh, could have. I mean, I could have write. I could have written a hundred questions rather than ten. There, there was. There's just so many little things, isn't there? Mm, yeah. And yeah. just a, a surprisingly vast amount of knowledge online as well. Just so many interviews. Peter still liked the interviews. Like he's, he claimed he didn't, but there's so many interviews with him. Um, yeah, he's not he's not really shy, is he? In no, in in, in the sense of of interviews, he's quite open about how he feels. And I guess in his lyrics, he he's got his I guess his tortured soul is laid bare for everyone already. So it's not like he's he's a private person. You know, he's 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 laying bare. Look, I'm a drug addict. This is a song about drugs and this is a song about you know a past relationship i had and you know all that stuff it's yeah he's he's very open i think yeah okay question two matt let's keep this run going yes what death in the family inspired the song bloody kisses a death in the family oh this is his cat oh my god matt i got it 100 percent correct yes yes it was bonus point do you know what his cat's name was Oh no, I, I can't. I can't remember his the name. No. Oh, Venus. Venus, that's it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not celebrating about his cat dying. I promise. I just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That was uh, yeah about his cat Venus dying. Venus oh. was 16 years old. Apparently, is that old wow. for a cat? I think it is pretty old for a cat. Yeah, mm. like yeah, cats usually, uh, they'd be pretty old if they live past like. 1314 oh, right. yeah 16 years old and it's an interesting song too because unlike a lot of Peter's lyrics there's nothing really sexual in this song at all so I do believe it is about his love for his cat it's mm. not about his love for a woman because he's he's not shy of making innuendo no um, just, whereas just this song the is up. yeah it's really Sorry, heartfelt God. it is very heartfelt he didn't make it explicitly about his cat because nobody wants to hear a guy who's six foot eight with long back hair and fangs crying about his cat. Right. So <laughs> yeah, you so can't he, tell it's about a cat. No, no. Yeah. And it, and it is pretty sad though. Like the lyrics, this it, it's it's a really yeah. It's it's very heartfelt. Yeah. It's very depressing. Mm. Like yeah, you can really see that the cat meant a lot to him. Yeah, he's he's like my my journey of discovering Peter Steele. <laughs> is he just constantly surprises me with these little things, of these mm-hmm. two extremes of his existence. You know, he's this doom-obsessed maniac who names albums stuff like Origin of the Feces and sings about suicide and 
mm. and stuff and and then he deeply adores his cat and gets homesick yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah he's a he's a person isn't he you know he's just yeah he is yeah he definitely seems like a cat person rather than a dog person don't you oh, think? do you think i don't know i mean i'm not i'm not a cat fan i'm just letting it out there. no i'm really not a cat fan I can't imagine I, I, what would make someone a cat person, but I've pretty much half our listeners from saying that. <laughs> I wasn't, but I think as I've grown older and more cynical, I've become more of a cat man. No, I'll be I'm dog through and through till the day I die. Yeah, um, but it's yeah, it's it's very cool, and especially in an album like Bloody Kisses, where it's it's all about sex and and romance. Yeah, and it's for me, it's top three songs on that record as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. His love for his cat, his his love for Brooklyn. He's a real homebod, like a mega homebod. Yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he's just super proud of where he's from. Yeah, really proud of Brooklyn. Like in so, so many aspects of the band are, or I mean, the whole band are from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even yeah, even both drummers were from Brooklyn. And yeah, he would apparently have panic attacks in the early years if he if he went too far away from Brooklyn. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That's fascinating. He just seems so not afraid of anything. Yeah. I don't know. Um, that, that surprises me. But it's... Yeah, he, he's such a fascinating guy, isn't he? Mm. Really fascinating. And incredibly vulnerable. Like, the other thing was he, was... he was apparently very aware of his lack of sexual experience. And that was something that really bothered him. Mm. When, when he realised that women would be interested in him because of his music, mm-hmm. then that's when they started changing their sounds to appeal more to women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... I heard, I think Hickey said in an interview that October Rust was a, like a babe magnet. Yeah, like a chick magnet. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think Bloody Kisses opened up a whole world of, you know, sexy vampire culture. You mm. know, it was also, it was released around the same time as like Interview for a Vampire. Mm. I think that helped. <laughs> well, I guess the other thing was Bloody Kisses when it came out, it it didn't do particularly well in the first 12 months. And then Nikki Six was really into it, mm. and so he managed to get he persuaded whatever label Motley Crue were on, he persuaded them to take Typo Negative on tour, and it was major for Typo Negative, like major for them, because you know they weren't selling that many records, they weren't big, no one had heard of them, and it took a, a while to persuade Peter as well. A he didn't want to go on tour, but B the band were thinking, well they're just gonna. Well, I remember Kenny saying in an interview, he said, well, everyone's just going to throw eggs at us. But like, yeah. we, can't, we can't open up for Motley Crue. We're like, mm. we're, a diff- we're a different genre and no one's heard of us. Yeah, um, but apparently, yeah, they managed to persuade the band, the label persuaded the band and, and they, they went on tour with Motley Crue and that completely changed things. So 12 months after Bloody Kisses came out, they went from selling 50 records a week to 2,000 a week. Um, wow. because because of touring with Motley Crue and so I, I guess being on tour with those guys <laughs> with Nikki Six and Tommy Lee that would have very much changed your your outlook oh of, for sure uh, yeah what what music can do um Groupies. in the female department yeah <laughs> yeah Bloody Kisses is a great album though really impressed by that it is it's fantastic it's such a step up such a step up yeah there's just so many sounds in it, it, it it's it's so so epic you know the the sitars and the the choirs, yeah, and and it oh, it's it's just it just sounds beautiful. The production is fabulous. Yeah, it is really good. Have you read about his girlfriend Elizabeth? Is this the black number one girl? 
I think it's black number one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if this is Christian woman or if that's a different, a different person. But I think it's black number one girl. Yeah, it was his. Mm. It was his long term girlfriend. They'd been together for ten years, up until a, about the debut album uh, for Typo Negative. I think, but I'm not 100 percent sure when they broke up. Um, there's not a massive amount of information about her online. But even though there's not a massive amount of information about her online, she clearly had a major impact on Peter. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of his sure. songs are about her. Uh, even much later down the line, you know, like deep into their career, he's still talking about her. Um, he, he refers to those 10 years as the decade of death. Mm. And yeah, it doesn't. he doesn't have great memories, I think. Like 10 years they were together and then he ended up catching her uh, on the beach having sex with someone else, which is the story in Kill You Tonight on um, Slow, Deep and Hard. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it does also beg the question about, you know, all the talk of infidelity in uh, Slow, Deep and Hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so I guess, you know, for anyone who hasn't heard it, it the, Slow, Deep and Hard, it's, I guess, I guess overall the album's about finding out uh, your girlfriend's cheating on you and then getting really angry and yeah. killing her and then killing yourself. Yeah. Is that basically, yeah. That's what I heard him say on the Howard Stern show. He's talking about that. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, I'm going to have to find that. I haven't seen it's that. A little, Stern. Some clips, yeah. I mean, he, he also said on on the show that Kurt Cobain is his hero because he had the balls to kill himself. Oh. Yeah. That's, but that's quite a sad quote. It's quite a sad quote, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he kind of, he seems to teeter on this edge of being, you're not sure if he's serious or being, you know, slightly taking the mick yeah like being yeah. theatrical or you know i mean he, he he was very open about his mental health problems but he seemed to cope with them through his music rather mm. than anything else and and i guess i guess with substance abuse later on but yeah that's a pretty sad quote isn't it yeah oh there's so much more so much more to discover with him which is good mm. yeah yeah i can i can see why people are obsessed with him i mean yeah the whole band is great um, but a lot of the the fan community I see online anyway, a lot of the focus is on Steel, and I think part of his draw is is this fascinating life that he had, an interesting introspection, and this melancholy life he had. Yeah. Oh, Peter. Do you know what the story is behind the song Christian Woman? Uh, I'll tell you what I think it is, but I've really not read about it. But is it not about a woman who liked to, him to dress up as a vicar <laughs> when he was having sex with her? Yeah, or a priest. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Like, like it was a Catholic girl, and yeah, she had a bit of a kink for priests, I guess. It's a bit weird, isn't it? A bit weird, but just say know, no. Whatever. Just say no. No means no. <laughs> <laughs> if it was consensual, I guess it's all right. But no. I guess. Oh dear. So you are one hundred percent right so far. You're killing it, man. Oh, I'm killing it, killing it. And question three, you nearly answered in the last ten minutes. Did I really? So Ooh. I think you're going to do all right with this one. Interesting. So question three, what is the name of the choir that features on the album Bloody Kisses? Yeah. Is this the the Benson Hoist Lesbian Choir? Yes, it is. Oh, yes. For a bonus point, there is also, I think there's a second choir on Bloody Kisses. Oh, is this like a, a boys' school choir? Yeah, this is the Erasmus High School Boys Special Ed. <laughs> right, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
So I, I can I can give you one sentence on those guys if you like. Um, yeah. so there's, there's really little information about them online. Uh, the Erasmus High School, it was a school in Brooklyn. It closed down in 94, so the year after Typo Negative used their boys' choir. <laughs> I, don't know if, typo, I don't know if that was their downfall. But um, yeah, they closed down. And I think the building's been refurbished now. It's a very old, stately kind of building. Yeah, um, they lost all their funding because uh, they were getting yeah. involved with goths. Yeah. And I don't know what the Erasmus High School Boys Special Ed Choir were doing on Bloody Kisses because there isn't... Yeah, they don't seem to be credited for a particular track. I just can see that they're on the album. So I can't say what they were doing. But Benson Heist Lesbian Choir, on the other hand, we do know stuff about. Mm. Yeah, well, Benson Hoist is it's like a play on the the Brooklyn accent, isn't it? Because it's yeah. actually they're from Bensonhurst, but they call it Benson Hoist. Oh, it's all very clever. Super clever. <laughs> <laughs> Are you impressed? Yeah, really it's impressed. like magic. Yeah, but it's a quite a big choir. Uh, lots of people. I think mm. a couple of the choir was on the front cover of the Buddy Kisses album, but I'm not 100 percent on that. Oh, that'd be cool. I like that idea. Yeah, well, if it's if it's wrong, we'll just pretend it's right. Totally. It's a nice idea. I uh, don't think... I mean, super fans of Typo get in touch and tell me I'm wrong. But I get the impression, the more I read about them, that they're not a fixed group of people. I think it's just a label that Peter gives to all his friends. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that what he's done is he's he's taken a big group of friends, not necessarily all female either. I think the lesbian choir bit is just a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he just takes a big group of friends from Brooklyn to do the choir parts, and he credits them as the Benson Hoist lesbian choir. Yeah, I think that's the case. I think the band are also part of the choir as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And they, yeah. they also credited on uh, Life is Killing Me and Dead Again as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think they're all lesbians either. I don't think, yeah, I don't think you, you have to pass a, a lesbian test or anything to get into the choir. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the, the the vocals on Buddy Kisses. The you know all, all the all the lovely vocal work. It's just it's just glorious. Definitely. The, the, I think the two things that are, that become apparent on Bloody Kisses that is that the the choir and Josh Silver on keys. Yeah. Those two things are so integral to that gothic sound that they have uh, and they they merge so beautifully it's almost like it's yes they're one and the same josh silver's input is is so important on this record and the subsequent records as well Mm -hmm. it it was not it didn't play such an important part before this Mm. but they've nailed it by bloody kisses they've nailed it as this is how you make gothic metal this is how you do it it. it's so epic yeah it just really is amazing i mean i would love to just put this in some huge speakers and play it really loud in like a cathedral somewhere you know it's just so unexpected that you know we we were in the car today and i said to the wife this is the band that we're doing on the episode tonight she said what's it, what is it and i said okay it's, it's gothic metal and she was like oh i don't want to listen to this so i put it on and she went oh this is all right this <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad yeah because it is it's very melodic and it's it feel, you know, some of the tracks on the album feel quite positive and, and quite fun. Hmm. But Josh Silver's interesting as well. Do you know what? Um, do you know about what, where he went after the band? Yeah, or even during the band, he started his departure I, before this. But I think I think he was. I think he looked into being a paramedic because he wanted another career path uh, if the band ended, and he thought it was going to end just before it ended. I think he saw some deterioration in Peter. So he trained up, and he is a qualified paramedic. 
Yeah, he works for New York Fire Department now as a as a paramedic. Yeah, I think cool. I think still, yeah. Yeah, he started training to be an EMT in 2008. I guess he saw the end coming and he had a wife and kid at that point and he's yeah, he wanted some more stability. So he trained as an EMT yeah. and then retired from music and became a certified ambulance technician and then a and then a paramedic. Amazing. Imagine him on the ambulance as it's as it's zooming down the road and he's just got his keyboard out going do 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 do. Yeah, they're just they're, as char- they're such interesting characters. Just look like for their those career paths, you know, the thought of Peter wanting to be a policeman and then Joss yeah. Silver going and becoming a paramedic. These are not the these are not the the side hustles that you expect from no, a band that no. make the music that they make. No, I mean I was expecting these guys to be like butchers or grave diggers. Yeah, or like leech farmers, or you know sex toy salesman or something yeah. you know like but they're just normal guys aren't they they're just they pretty much just want to do their bit yeah yeah i've got to say what one little bit on black number one i really like from the keys where he goes it's like adam's family oh, I'm have to listen back to it. i think it's in the bridge and i want to go all right i had to get that off my chest such a good tune bloody kisses christian woman and black number one are three amazing tracks and strangely enough, those three are the, I think, the three longest tracks on the album. All three of them are stupid lengths. I mean, I guess the the single versions were shorter, but Christian Woman on the album is about eight and a half minutes, I think. Mm. Bloody Kisses is also about that length, I think. Yeah, so, oh yeah, Bloody Kisses is like 11 minutes long. And yeah. Black Number One is also, Christian Woman's like nine minutes. I mean, that's long, isn't it? <laughs> they are a long track. It's a long out. It's 73 minutes, that album. Ooh, mm. that's big. Yeah, yeah, they're they're very generous with their songs, aren't they? They're long albums. Yeah, all their albums are pretty long. Yeah, and then they've got little interludes like "Dark Side of the Womb," which is just a baby being born and just crying. <laughs> and the the Fay Ray come out and play crazy tribal chanting. Like, what, bit, what is this? Every time I, that comes on, it's unexpected. Every time it comes on, I go, "Oh, what's happened? <laughs> what's happened to what I'm listening to?" Yeah, it's like we're entering Jumanji. Oh, it's a great album, though. Great album, really yeah, good. Yeah, it's it's a classic, I think. And you're on three for three. Oh my god, Matt, that's mad. Because question four is the one that I said you'll definitely get. So I think Ooh. I think you're on your way to five points here. No, no, don't jinx it. Question four: Who is featured on the cover of Dead Again? Oh, dude, that's now nah, that's easy. That's, um, I told you that was an easy one. I got to do it. That's Grigory Rasputin. Yeah, that's the one. But I, I, I mean, that was easy for me because at school, Russian history was like my favourite topic. Oh really? And Rasputin was a really fascinating character. Oh, I, I had to look it up. I didn't recognise who that was. Oh seriously, have you seen Anastasia? Remember that film, the DreamWorks animated film? No, I haven't seen it. Oh dude, well he's the villain in that, and he's voiced by christopher lloyd but anyway mm-hmm. you, this means nothing to you because you haven't seen it oh dude <laughs> is it like a but disney yeah. thing no it's uh, dreamworks is they were kind of like disney's rivals oh, right. but yeah his head kept fall in the film anyway not in real life his ke- his head keeps falling off and they, they kind of play about with his his body like being as uh, basically a zombie because in real life people tried to assassinate him many times and he just kept coming back 
He was just this invincible man who had magical powers. Like they said that he could hypnotize people. Allegedly. Allegedly. Bend them to his will. You know, they chopped him up in little pieces and put him in a box and then the box kept coming back. Definitely allegedly. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's who it is. Do you, do, could, do you have a theory as to why Rasputin's on the cover? I think because of that reason is that he kept dying and then coming back to life, allegedly. Mm. And that's why it's called Dead Again. It's oh, like, that, that's good, actually. Yeah, that makes it's like, sense. You know, life just keeps killing you and you just keep coming back again. And I don't know. I think there's some, some meaning in that area. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I had a theory, but it was way, way more surface level than that and wasn't very smart. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because Rasputin was like a, a Christian mystic and Dead Again was at the time when Peter rediscovered God and started oh. taking his Christianity a lot more seriously. <laughs> I thought that Rasputin was perhaps uh, still mystical enough for people to think this is a cool character on the cover, but the undertone was, yes, but he was a Christian. And I think, I think in history and in legend, Rasputin is seen as an evil dude. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, like he he helped allegedly. <laughs> We'd have to do a legal notice at the start of this episode. <laughs> allegedly, he helped bring down the royal family in Russia because he was trying to seduce the uh, the queen. You remember that song, Ra Ra Rasputin? Yes. Russia's greatest love machine. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, but, is um, it, does that explain why on the back cover of the record? They ha- have you seen the back cover? I haven't. Okay, so there's a picture of a bunch of Russian grand duchesses from 1906. Ooh. Ah, let me have a look. Yeah, and then all the text is it's in faux Cyrillic, so it's 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 all English, but they're using letters to look more like the Cyrillic alphabet. Yes. So he's definitely playing on the Russian theme. Oh, I see them. Yes, I believe these were the the Russian princesses. So one of them was mm. Anastasia, who disappeared. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they were all killed, and he allegedly had something to do with it. And he could hypnotise people. He had magical eyes. If you look at his eyes, they're pretty spooky. It's, it's, I like the picture. I like the picture that they've used. And de- dead, so Dead Again was written at an interesting time in their lives. Peter had, as I said, he'd rediscovered his faith. He was raised a Catholic, and mm. he... I don't know, obviously, necessarily, because... Like we said before, their music is a little bit deceiving and you think it's all satanic and dark, but it's not always that satanic or dark. It's, it can look like that on the surface. But he, I guess he turned his, fa- his back on Catholicism at some point. And I, th- I think he's just a bit insensitive sometimes. I don't think he's necessarily... He's not devil-worshipping or anything. Like songs like Jesus Hitler, for example, it's pretty blasphemous, but it's just a silly song. Like if you look at the lyrics, it's just a bit stupid. Well, he he said, this is an interesting quote. I wrote this down because I really liked it. He said, if it doesn't upset people, it's not rock music. It has to upset the church, your parents, the school system. Mm. I like music that upsets people. Yeah. He he was proud of not being PC. Yeah. Do you think that, that, was, the, that was his aim then? In songs like Jesus Hitler, it was really just... I think he was just pushing to see how, how much he could get away with. Mm. But it is blasphemous. I mean, he's not being a good Christian, is he? No. In singing about stuff like that. <laughs> no, um, not really. Whereas I feel that seeing interviews from around the release of Dead Again and later, he he's not afraid to talk about his Christianity, you know, and 
and I, I saw a really interesting interview with him on Artisan News Service, which is a, f- a great interview, really long and it's really in depth. And he talks a lot about his addiction and his recovery, mm-hmm. and and his newfound faith. And he he talks about the resentment of his for his family, mm. and I think because of the intervention that they gave him and them getting involved in his drug abuse and the way he was living, which is yeah. really odd. Like he he seems to really resent them for that, even though yeah. he's now clean and. And living his best life, you know, by the time he died, he was apparently healthier than he'd ever been and, and stuff. And he said in that interview, he said, he says, as a Christian man, I need to forgive them. But I find forgiveness is my biggest struggle as a Christian. Interesting. Yeah, mm. I think I think he said that he he found his faith because he was feeling the end was near or, or like he felt the fragility of life. And, you know, he wanted to, to feel like a sense of security. That makes sense. Yeah. Just another angle that I found surprising about him. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Just a dude. Since we're on the subject of album covers, mm. it's inevitable, isn't it? We're gonna have you to love album it. covers, don't you? Well, I mean, and this band have taken it to another level. I wonder what their favourite colour is. Yeah, so for, for the listeners that don't know, Peter Steele was known as the Green Man, mm. and they are obsessed with green. Yeah. Or he was obsessed with green. It's his favourite colour. Yeah. yeah, to the point, like, even shades, like... They were very specific about shades of green. I saw yeah. an interview not that long ago with Kenny and uh, Johnny Kelly, and they were talking about the shade of the green on the Life is Killing Me vinyl. Mm. And it wasn't a tongue-in-cheek talk either. You know, they pulled the vinyl out, and and Johnny was saying, is it the right shade? And Kenny was going, yeah, yeah, I think it's the right shade. <laughs> yeah. But they were being think- serious about it. This was the case with Bloody Kisses, I think, as well. He literally spent hours looking through hundreds of different shades of green until he was happy with one. But strangely, Bloody Kisses is the only album cover that isn't green. Well, it's it's a little... It is green. It's just very faint green, isn't it? Oh, it's incredibly... Is, is it? I guess it's so. Like it's got a tint of green to it. A tint of green, yeah, like grey-green. Yeah. I mean, the, the greenest is world kind of... We'll just go through them for the, for the listener. So Slow, Deep and Hard... Um, I mean, we'll try. That? We'll try to keep it clean. But what is uh, it? It is amazing that this was not reissued. Quite frankly, yeah. But the thing is, you can't really tell what it is. You so if you put that is. on shelves, I don't think people would complain because they don't really know that it is a, a thing worth complaining about. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a close up of the entry point. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But you can't tell what it. I thought it was a crutch. I thought it looked like a, a someone wearing underwear. A close yeah. up. That's kind of what it looks like. I thought it was like He Man's underwear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, the follow up Origin of the Feces is. Uh, Great oh, name. God. It well, the original. basically shows the origin of the feces, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it literally is what it is. Yeah. It's his, it's his schwinkter. Yeah. So it's Peter Steele's uh, bottom spread. But then they did reissue that. And. The cover then changed to a bunch of skeletons dancing on... Are they dancing on a grave? This is a 1493 painting by Michael Volgamut, called The Dance of Death, also known as Dance Macabre. And in the Middle Ages, the church liked to show allegorical pictures of death to kind of hit home to people. You're all going to die. Life is fragile and you need to listen to the church. So look at these skeletons. Mm. It's, yeah. I like this cover. It's a good cover, actually. It's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I wouldn't mind just saying a couple of sentences on the origin of the feces. I 
don't know why it's considered their second album, quite frankly, because it's got a couple of songs from their debut. Mm-hmm. It's got a couple of covers, and then it's padded out with less than a handful of other tracks. It's, I mean, it's really strange. It's an odd release. I don't know. Yeah, it's an odd I release. I mean, there's some bits of it which I think are really great, like Paranoid. I, I bloody love this song. I mean, it's, it's, it's the cover of the Black Sabbath yeah. song, but they, they slow it down, make it extra dirgy, and it's, it's almost unrecognisable. It's quite beautiful, actually. Mm, and, and I didn't realise it was the same song until I looked it up. Oh, yeah. And then he's also got um, Hey Pete, which is a kind of cover of Hey Jude. No, Hey, hey Jude. Hey Joe. Hey, hey Joe. Joe. <laughs> but he might have done Hey Jude because he loved the Beatles, didn't he? Yeah, he did love the Beatles, yeah. But then there's this whole fake audience thing going on. Oh, that's the other of thing, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it, I don't really get it. Like, it's not... It doesn't feel very clever. I just, I just thought it feels very filler. The album. Yeah, exactly, I exactly. I don't. Yeah, they didn't need to release it. What was it like a year later than Slowly Bernard? It wasn't necessary. Uh, yeah, yeah, very it wasn't odd. necessary. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, Bloody Kisses features two women that could potentially look like they are vampiric, but they don't actually have any fangs or anything. Um, yeah, they look, they look quite vampiric. Yeah, I mean, one of them does look like she's taken a bite at the other one. Yeah, and there's there's a couple of different versions out there. There's one where they're facing a slightly different angle, and it looks like they're kissing. Oh. Um, but the one that's the most common one, yeah, they're definitely not kissing. One of them looks like she's taking a bite at the other one's neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a cool album cover, very iconic. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, the the albums took a, a much simpler turn. So October Rust is just a close up of some uh thorns thorns yeah world coming down is what city is that mate it's brooklyn bridge is that brooklyn bridge oh, okay yeah it's a green view of brooklyn bridge yeah life is killing me is a what do you call that line on a on a machine uh, a heartbeat line there you know. go <laughs> it's the heartbeat that's line the, that's the medical term <laughs> and uh, and dead again is the picture of rasputin Yes, which is green. Also, they had a Greatest Hits album called The Least Worst Of, which is a pretty cool name for a Greatest Hits album. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I haven't... Well, I was, I was going to say I haven't heard it, but if it's Greatest Hits, I've, I've heard it all, but couldn't know it existed. <laughs> heard it all. Yeah, the photograph on that is a ride at Coney Island in, in Brooklyn called The Parachute Jump. Do you think they like Brooklyn? They've been there once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they're pretty cool cover art. There's none of these that I think this is lame. No, and actually I really like the green thing. I, I like, and not just the green thing, the, the lettering, the, the way they've, mm. all their albums have the same, they have typo negative across the top right corner and they have the album name across the bottom left corner. Yeah. And it's yeah. really cool that they kept that for, for 15 yeah. years. They, you know it's a typo negative album because of, of that lettering. Totally. Yeah, and the green off. You know their logo, the circle with the line in the middle? Yeah, yeah. Interestingly, they came up with that logo before they came up with the name Typo Negative. Mm. So the one of the uh, origi- one of the names they had before ty- Typo Negative was Sub-Zero. That's right, yeah. And they, right. they came up with that logo for Sub-Zero, like a zero minus. And uh, then they discovered there was a band out there already called Sub-Zero. So mm. uh, they changed it to Typo Negative, which... 
Peter heard on the radio a call out for um, people to give blood who had uh, type O negative blood and he thought that sounded cool but it also not only did it sound cool but it meant they could continue using the same logo <laughs> that's that's very smart actually <laughs> I guess yeah okay let's get on to question five because Oof. So have, 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 have I got four out of four? You've got four out of four, and, I, and I'm, is, I'm pretty confident you're going to get question five. So This is I my was, record, dude. So do you think they've been easy questions, or do you think you've just done good research? Because I get them right, you immediately think, oh, they must be easy questions. Matt's getting them right. No, anyone getting them right makes them seem a little bit easier. All right, okay, well, let's just see. Okay. Number five. Question five. Name at least two of the characters that Dan Fogler dresses up as in the video for I Don't Want to Be Me. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. So he dresses up as Michael Jackson, Marilyn Monroe, Britney Spears, Elton John, and Peter Steele. There's one more. Is there one? Oh, there's one well, there's more. Two, like, there's two more, actually. You've missed, missed one of the obvious ones out, but you might have oh. just accidentally done that. Oh, man. Um, I, I honestly... I know he dressed up as... In like a cap or a hoodie or something but i didn't recognize who that oh, was oh yeah so i think that's eminem oh yeah that makes sense yeah so the obvious ones were marilyn monroe eminem michael jackson britney spears and peter Steele. and then yeah. briefly in front of the mirror does elton john and somebody else who i couldn't figure out who the other one was he's being robert de niro robert de niro that's yeah it. he's doing a robert de niro like facial expression yeah he a little is, yeah, yeah. mole he's got a little mole warty thing on his cheek Oh, is that what that a... is? I thought that was like blood, like he's been hit by someone. No, he's That's why doing I was thinking, a... was it Al Pacino or something? He's doing the, uh, you looking at me? That's it, yeah. Oh, there you go, see? Oh, there we go. Got it in the end. Well, you got the point. You've just got five out of five. I can't believe it. I can't believe it, mate. <laughs> it's one and a half series. I got there. <laughs> oh, my days. So, uh, I don't want to be me. I like you just the way you are. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Uh, bizarre video and bizarre song for them <laughs> it's it's really not like the rest of their videos is it it's not at all no because actually the rest of their videos are all the same <laughs> that's, that's not true <laughs> oh they're pretty i mean there's not a lot of okay get, give me some of your favorites because i don't think i could name their other videos because they all tend to be the same kind of just gothic I mean, okay um, they're not all the same but i mean uh, i'll give it i'll give it to you that they are they got a similar tone to them. You know, they're very clearly like a gothic band in those. Whereas this, it feels like the Misfits or Blink-182, you know, that kind of... Yeah, this does. Good, this this, this doesn't feel like them at all. But all no. their other videos are just, uh, you know, the band playing, bat, poor lighting, very autumnal, and the occasional you know, woman in a white dress walking through a graveyard. One of my favourite bits is the video for Black Number 1, when Peter Steele is playing a double bass, but he's playing it like oh, yeah. a bass guitar, and it I looks really like tiny that. on him. Yeah, because he's a giant. He's holding this huge instrument, but it just looks like a, a kind of ukulele. <laughs> it looks amazing. I love yeah. that. Lovely. Like, why don't, why don't more people... Well, obviously, I know well, people don't play it like that because they break their back, but yeah, it's, it's great. I Don't Want to Be Me was the only single off Life is Killing Me. Hmm. It's a sixth studio album from 2003. And this record sort of indicates a turning point in the band, I think. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And kind of sim. Yeah, it's the, it's the kind of peak of that third era. Yeah. Who, who's um, the actor in it? Dan Fogler. What's he been, been in? Is he famous? 
He's definitely famous. I recognise him, but I couldn't name anything he's been in. But if you tell me something he's been in, I'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, he's been in a video for I Don't Want to Be Me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, I recognise <laughs> that. <laughs> what, what do you think of uh, Life is Killing Me? Life is Killing Me. Um, Shall sorry, I tell you what I think to... of it? Let me tell you what yes. I think of Life is Killing Me. The best thing on this album is... So, it's the album I've listened to least, I think. I, it's, mm. I find it quite, I'm going to use your word, gloomy. It is quite mm. a gloomy album. Yes. Uh, and it's not easy to get into, but there are a couple of couple of uh, saving graces. Todd's Ship's Go- Ship Gods is an awesome tune. Awesome tune. I wish mm. it was on a different album. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I find myself just skipping towards, just go to Todd's Ship Gods. Such a good tune. The, the melody of the chorus... It reminds me so much of another song, and I've spent like the last ten days trying to think what song it reminds me of. Please tell me you know what song it reminds me of. This, I mean, this reminds me a bit of, I guess, like Alice in Chains. Yeah, I think it's Alice in Chains as well, but I just don't know what song it is. Oh, I mean, I've got I've got Alice in Chains songs in my head, but yeah, if you yeah. say if you say Alice in Chains, I think you're right then, because I was thinking Alice in Chains as well. I just couldn't mm-hmm. figure out what song it was, but it definitely sounds. The chorus sounds so much like another another song. Yeah, so Todd's Ship Gods, great tune, awesome production, um, really spooky and eerie, brilliant vocal melody. But other yeah, than that, the, the, there's the, not a great deal on there that that, that grabs me. The, the mixture of vocals and the the keys, especially, just it's always beautiful, though, isn't it? And mm. especially on that track. Yeah, definitely. The uh, one fun thing I've got to say about uh, Life Is Killing Me is on mm. the inner sleeve of this record. There's a few fun images. There are... So one of them is there's four pairs of bare feet with toe tags. All right. They're the band's feet. Oh, okay. Which is, yeah. Can you guess who's, which, you could, which is which? No. No, it's just look like feet with toe tags. Not not so exciting, that, that picture. But there's another picture that is four skulls. Ooh. And those four skulls are actually the band. Actually, the band. What the band's skulls? Uh, they got them X-rayed. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they got their heads X-rayed for the artwork. It I was like that. Uh, it was Peter's idea, and it, it sounds uh, really sketchy. <laughs> so they went to what do you call it? Someone that does X-rays? A sonographer? Is it or yeah? An uh, X-ray man. X-ray man. They went to the X-ray man. Yeah. And they somehow managed to get in and get X-rays done. And they went in one by one. And after the X-ray man had done two, he was like, okay, so which doctor's surgery is this for again? <laughs> and they were like, oh, no, no, we're just doing this to, for the cover of our album. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, you have to leave. <laughs> and, That's amazing. And then it turned out that Johnny just happened to know that the uh, the X-ray technician, it was the sister of one of his friends, and so she she let them get them done and yeah they got away with it but it was a fun story oh, that's hilarious yeah <laughs> get into um, trouble yeah there's people waiting desperately for an x-ray you got four goths fractured, heads. fractured limb oh sorry guys we've got to do this for our album cover <laughs> crazy but the album cover is really dull for this one just just having that line yeah yeah i guess it's the, the theme of like bodies isn't it on that album like the, mm, guess, the, yeah. the heartbeat and the skulls and the, the the feet dead feet yeah i don't know it's a bit uninspired compared to the others yeah overall this is a very interesting band and peter especially is a very interesting bloke 
and I really I really enjoyed checking this band out that I would never listen to if it wasn't for this show so mm. yeah there's so much more reading to do and there's so many more interviews to watch there's so so much of the time that I would have normally spent you know reading up about them and making notes I've actually just spent that time watching interviews with Peter Steele yeah. and not making any notes <laughs> um, <laughs> have you got any favorite interviews um, I think the one with Artisan News Service is really nice. Uh, it's a really nice interview. He he interviews really like for a guy that complains a lot about. Uh, he he mentions in quite a few interviews about how many aspects of his band life and of fame are really a means to an end. In that he hmm. knows there's an obligation. If you're the lead singer of a band, it's part of your job to do this stuff. Uh, but but then he's really quite pleasant in interviews and he comes across like he's really he's really happy to do it like and he always answers people's questions really well he's never rude to interviewers Mm. um he always gives detailed answers he's just he's just like the dream interviewee don't you think yeah yeah definitely definitely he doesn't give them any trouble does he no you don't feel like he's bullshitting at all no see i think i really like the interview with artisan news service which you can watch online. I think there's two. It's it's a two-parter on uh, on YouTube, um, and that was made just after the release of Dead Again. That's a really good interview. Mm. Uh, did you see the one? Did you see the one on Jerry Springer? I've seen clips of it. Uh, the, the only bit I remember is when is it is that on Jerry Springer where he asks Peter about do you sleep with any of the women backstage? Mm. Is that it? And, and he says yeah, uh, and he says. People forget that this is my job. This is how I pay the phone bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not here to have a good time. Legend. Absolute legend. No, definitely. He's he's very entertaining to watch. And uh, and also, I've got to say, what's also entertaining is when you go on YouTube videos of Peter Steele, you look at the comments. People are just literally, like, just in awe of him. There's a lot of swooning. Like, There's a lot of swooning yeah, on YouTube. Real swooning, yeah. Like on the video of a Christian woman, these are some of the comments. Uh, someone says, this man is the reason why I have such high standards. It's a shame Peter didn't have any kids that we know of. He had great genes. What a beautiful <laughs> man. <laughs> this is what every goth girl wished their boyfriend looked like. The Corpus Christi part where Peter's eyes roll back into his head absolutely destroyed me. That's in caps. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, Someone else, man, I've just discovered this band, WTF. His voice made my knees feel like wet spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. Like People just, like it. It's, it's real swooning, yeah. He's got it's like the Beatles. <laughs> I guess, maybe that's the Beatles reference. <laughs> yeah, maybe he thought like the Beatles had all these ladies screaming and chasing them and swooning. It's like, oh, I want to be like the Beatles. Get the chicks. Mm. Great work, great work, Peter. Love what you did. Yeah, and um, and the other guys. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's um, let's take these five easy questions, and <laughs> <laughs> you're not happy with them, are you? Because I got them. Yeah, oh, I hope I hope they're a bit of a they're a, a bit of a struggle. Maybe to, you um... should word them differently. <laughs> yeah, completely different. Like. Different sentences, <laughs> different content, different sentences, yeah, different answers. Uh, yeah, let's take these five questions and uh, speak to ah! him and see how he fares. Da, da, da. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a pretty new fan. Um, it, I've only been into him for about two years, but um, I've always, well, not always, but I've always been pretty into kind of more goth stuff. Like, I really enjoy vampires, and, uh, you know, like, as a kid, my favorite movie was, like, Nightmare Before Christmas or whatever, you know, and uh, as I was kind of getting into metal when I was, like, 12-ish, I, I really got into Marilyn Manson, and he, you know, kind of had a, has a goth thing going on just a wee bit, but, uh, you know, I had heard about bands like Typo Negative and Cradle of Filth, and I tried to get into Typo Negative, but I didn't get it at first. Like, I heard Black Number One, I'm like, oh, this is really pretentious, This I, I don't like this too much. Um, but then one day, I, I, at the job I was at at the time, he pretty much had unlimited free time, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna listen to all of Bloody Kisses, that whole album, I'll just listen to it. And uh, I did, and I was like, ah, you know, I st I'm still not getting it. And I was like, I'm gonna give it one more shot, I'm going to listen to October Rust. I'm going to listen to that whole album. And then I heard My Girlfriend's Girlfriend on that album. And I was like, oh, I get it now. This is self-deprecating. This is not very serious at all, but also super vulnerable. And after that, I was just so into it. Um, I had just kind of gone through a breakup at the time. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> you know, this is the perfect time to get into typo negative. And uh, so, yeah, I've just been kind of plowing through their stuff ever since. And uh, yeah, I totally get so. that. I think I think that, um, you know, my experience with Typo Negative, I think that they mm -hmm. are easily misunderstood. I think that they give off a vibe that is actually not to, to, to an outsider listening to them or, or seeing them. That's not really what they're about. You have to right. you have to really get into them to un kind of understand. Oh, I see where he's coming from now. Right. Exactly. Like I'm even uh, I was just going over the bloody kisses liner notes not too long ago and i'm just like like one of them said like uh josh silver would like to apologize too and then it's nothing after it <laughs> it's like yeah so and it's not always the number of years in service that indicates the quality of a super fan either so i wouldn't worry about that and in fact right. the, the newer the newer fans often dive face first into the band much harder than the older ones to make up for love <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's true it could be we could have a super fan on our hands do you have mm. uh do you have any typo negative memorabilia um yeah you know um I, I i do have a typo negative tattoo their logo is on my right shoulder just like most of the band members uh the only exception is yeah so the only exception is kenny hickey and he has it on his left shoulder so <laughs> it's not too much different but they all have it on their shoulder so uh yeah i have that and then i have i think i have about seven or eight shirts um i have all the studio albums and then i have the i have a dead again like deluxe edition but I, i'm pretty sure it's a bootleg um but that that one has like a red cover instead of the green one and it comes with a bonus dvd with some music videos and some live performances cool um so that's cool and then i was lucky enough to see silver tomb which has kenny hickey and johnny kelly uh that they're kind of like this other band that they did after typo negative was no longer and uh, i had the pleasure of seeing them and uh i well somebody caught a pick and so and they gave it to me so i'm lucky enough to have that pick and then uh i have a like a vinland flag uh and then i have a vest a battle vest and I have two typo patches. So just, wow. yeah, just a bunch of random stuff. <laughs> What's a battle vest? 
Oh, it's like um, when you go and see like metal shows and festivals, you'll see a lot of them. But it's basically just like a, a biker vest and you just put a bunch of band patches on it. Got it. So, yeah, I have two type of ones and wow. uh, it's really cool. Yeah. That oh. band you mentioned, Silvertoon, yeah. and I haven't yeah. heard of them. Is that similar to Typo in their style? I mean, it's definitely going to have similarities for sure. Um, but Kenny Hickey, you know, he does some of the lighter vocals on Typo songs. Like, he does the pre-chorus to Black Number One, which is obviously not nearly as deep as Peter Steele's voice. But um, I would say it's more akin to maybe like... Oh my gosh, I cannot think of the band right now. Uh, Chris Cornell's band, Soundgarden, that's the name. Yeah, I would say it's kind of got a more grungier side to it. Um, oh, interesting. But yeah, that's pretty solid. Interesting. I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. Well, so far, I'm impressed. I like. Thanks. <laughs> I like your dedication, <laughs> and you've got a tattoo, yeah. so that's um, that was going to be one of my questions. Awesome. <laughs> and do you know why Kenny's got it on the other shoulder, or is there no reason? I don't know. I kind of. I, I honestly have no idea, but every time they do photo shoots, he's always turned the other way so they can see his tattoos. So I honestly think maybe it was just to add some variation to it. I, I have no idea. So, cool. yeah. All right. Well, this is a good start. I've got five questions for you for sure. us to figure out if you are a super fan or a super fraud. I thought these were pretty tough questions this time. Uh, I, I say okay. that every time, but I do think these were pretty tough. But when mm. I tested Matt uh, last week, I didn't yeah. I didn't destroy him quite as badly as I wanted to. So I don't know. We'll All find right. out. We'll find out if they are if okay. they're real super fan questions or if they I went easy on you. All right. Well, let's, I'm pumped. Let's find out. So question one. Sure. What did Peter Steele use to sign the contract for Typo Negative with Roadrunner Records? I thought he used his own blood. I thought he used... Did he use his semen too? I'm going to give you the point. I'm going to give you the point. Okay. Because the... So, according to Roadrunner Records, he used his blood and semen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kenny has since uh, revealed that it was actually hair conditioner and chocolate syrup mixed with food food dye. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I kind of assumed that might have been an over-exaggeration, but I didn't know that... (laughs) That was the concoction. Interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think that only came out after Peter's death in an interview with Kenny. Now, you got into Typo around Bloody Kisses, October Rust, and that's very different mm. to Slow, Deep and Hard and sure. the, the Carnivore years. How do you feel about... Were you a fan of Carnivore for a start? Um, well, I didn't know about Carnivore uh, until Typo, but... Um, yeah, you know, I, I am not too, too much into the crossover stuff. Excuse me, but I still really enjoy Carnivore. So, uh, and yeah, I love the Slow, Deep and Hard. I think that's probably my third favorite record of theirs. So. Oh, interesting. It's very different to certainly to October Rust. Oh, yeah, for, yeah, that's like almost two completely different bands. You're like, what the what? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good start. That's a good start. Right. Um, question two. This is your wheelhouse now because this is Bloody Kisses. Sure. What death in the family inspired the song Bloody Kisses, A Death in the Family? It was Peter Steele's cat. Awesome. Yeah. And do you know the name of the cat? I did at one point, 
but I can't. I know that he used to do bench presses, and he would have the cat like on his chest. I know it was a, <laughs> I, I know it was a girl, um, but I cannot think of the name. It's got to be like, oh man, I don't even know. It's probably like Lily after like Lily Munster or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing that exciting. It's Venus. Ah. Oh wow! I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Huh. Venus. Cool. <laughs> so I, I've seen it. I've never seen a picture of this cat, but he used to put no, it on his either. chest when he was bench pressing. Yeah, yeah. He was like, and then he said something like in an interview. He's like, "Yeah, it's about my cat, but nobody wants to hear a six foot guy talking about his cat." So he made it. And I was like, "Oh, that's hilarious." So, all right, cool. Um, and bloody kisses that. Well, I, I don't think bloody kisses, but certainly October Rust was written with the pure intention of getting him more chicks. So it does beg the oh. question, does it get you more chicks? Uh, <laughs> it does, actually. <laughs> yeah, I um, I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me and been like, wow, you have a, a typo negative tattoo, let me take a picture with you. or uh, And it's always, always women. and Or it's like, wow, you have a typo patch, that's so cool. Or a shirt or whatever. Yeah, it's maybe not quite in the in the way peter Steele intended but it's definitely gotten more attention than i've had in the past <laughs> that's, amazing. that's amazing so there is a there is a really big female fan base then massive i am obviously a male fan but the vast majority are totally female uh when i did see silver tomb i would say even you know without peter the legacy of him and kind of what the band created the audience was probably at least 75 percent women wow that is interesting yeah yeah i would not yeah. would not expect that yeah there we go his legend lives on okay <laughs> question three you're doing brilliant i know well on your way to super fan all right what is the name of the choir that feature on the album bloody kisses oh it's the ben's hoist uh lesbian choir yeah that's right benson hoist benson hoist i knew i was gonna say it wrong <laughs> no that's all right it's uh right. that's a full 100 percent point that is don't worry about it all right um yeah benson hoist lesbian choir not lesbians as far as i'm aware uh, no it's yeah i think uh they're actually on all albums except for well from bloody kisses onwards i believe they're on all albums right and I thought it was the band members themselves, which it very well could be, but I heard that they would just invite all their friends to do backup vocals too. Yeah, that's so, what I've read. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. it's the band members and just a bunch of other people. <laughs> what, yeah, what? A, that's a really good. That's a really creative idea, though. I, I, I think it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, it's cool because it means that on Discogs they've got a they've got a page, the Benson Hoist Lesbian Choir. I mean, they're only credited <laughs> on typo negative albums right <laughs> oh that's that's hilarious do you know any other guest features on either typo songs or songs that peter featured on or any any other band members featured on i know peter wrote lyrics to a song i can't remember what the band was though um it was lyrically very similar to like dare untermensch i think it was Oh man, it was some CBGB's band that he knew from his carnivore years. I knew he wrote lyrics for that, but I cannot think of the band to save my life. But um, I know Pete for sure was featured on a, an Iomi track uh, from Black Sabbath, his his solo album uh, from like 2001 or two. 
and um, I actually have yet to listen to it, but he had uh, Peter Steele on a track, and then he had like Phil Anselmo, uh, Billy Corgan, uh, just a bunch of different people on that album, and I know Pete was one of them. So, uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> because that's one thing actually; it's not something I looked into specifically, but I didn't really find mm. glaring me in the face any any features from from any of the guys during that. I mean, they had a long career. Type of negative were around for a long time. Right. Um, yeah. And I didn't see Peter dipping in and out of, of you know, guest features here and there, and it, for such a big name, um, yeah, that surprising. Yeah, not really. I I, I kind of came uh, across the same thing. Uh, the only thing I can really think of that was like really obvious was not a typo negative feature, but an Aussie feature on a typo negative song, and they did a cover uh, of a song called "Pictures of Matchstick Men." And it had Typo playing the music and then Ozzy doing vocals. And they put that on the Howard Stern Private Parts album. Uh, so that's, oh, wow, I think that's, that's cool. the, yeah, I think that's the only time they've ever really collaborated with anybody like that, though. So, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to dig that out. Oh, yeah, you should. It's, it's, it's a good track. Awesome. So, three for three. Question four. Cool. Who is featured on the cover of Dead Again? Ah, Rasputin. I can't remember his first name though, but it yeah, is Rasputin. Get a point for that, Grigory Rasputin. I would not have known Grigory uh, either. No, <laughs> I would have pronounced it Gregory. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well done. Favorite album cover? Yeah. Ooh, that is a tough one. Honestly, probably World Coming Down. I okay. love that album. Yes, the the Brooklyn Bridge. The lighting. It's so dark and dreary. Absolutely adore it uh, yeah it's it's brooding <laughs> yeah um, how about you cool album cover. uh i fit well i mean bloody kisses is very iconic it's so striking and you don't forget it i'm actually looking at it right now i <laughs> i have it sitting out for some reason but uh yeah there's uh, yeah two it's just versions right so there's, there's two where the where mm -hmm. the girls are not looking at each other and there's another version where they are looking at each other I, yeah, that one where they're kind of like almost kissing, because like the original one, they're kind of just like cheek to cheek. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the one where they're like almost kissing is the top shelf edition, which is like I believe the fifteenth anniversary for Bloody Kisses, and they call it top shelf because uh, I think Peter went in and re, -re remastered it, and they took out like all of the sound bites so like dark dark side of the womb is gone uh like uh fey ray come out and play even like kill all the white people and we hate everyone is off and they just left like all the all the really dreary dark songs and they like rearranged the track listing added another song it was like peter's like ah oh, this is the version i wanted to put out and uh i yeah it's really hard to find though i can't find it anywhere but uh yeah i guess they changed the cover too because they changed everything else <laughs> mm. well that's really interesting yeah because because yeah. there are definitely tracks like Faye ray come out and play that i just don't i don't know what it's doing on there to be honest <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> uh, so, all right cool. question five this is the one this is the one that's going to get you five out of five uh, oh, so boy. far so these first four questions have they been have they been super fan questions or have they just been too easy um, well, I think maybe the dead again one, I was like, all right, I can do that. Uh, but the other ones have been, you know, the average person does not know those things for sure. Okay. All right. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So question five, name two or at least two. I mean, you're not going to get more points if you do more than two, but if you can do more <laughs> than two, then brilliant. 
Name yeah. two of the characters that Dan Fogler dresses up as in the video for I Don't Want to Be Me. Ah. You know, I think he definitely dresses up as Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And he... And at the very end, he dresses up as Pete Steele, but I think he also dresses up as Britney Spears and Eminem. Yep, you nailed it. Uh, yeah, is, is that all of them? Had, that's not all of them. No, you could also have Michael Jackson. Oh, that's right. Um, Elton John. Oh. And there's one that uh, myself and Matt are, aren't 100% sure on, but we think it's Robert okay. De Niro. Ah, uh, okay. Man, I... I uh, yeah, I forgot about how many people he dressed up as <laughs> it's, a, it's a very strange video isn't it? <laughs> it it is quite weird actually i think a a new interview like a week ago at least just came out where kenny hickey was talking about that video oh wow and he was yeah he was saying like he's like the band had like the band was like oh yeah we're gonna put this out as, as the single but the director i don't know who the director is but he was like yeah, I have this idea where he's going to dress up and do all this stuff. And Dan Fogler was kind of like, eh, I don't really want to put on a dress. And he's like, do it. <laughs> it's for the art. <laughs> and he's like, it's so uh, strange, okay. though. It's so, like, it's so, uh, it's miles away from what they normally do. And... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you compare that to, like, you know, well, even, like, else. love you to death. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, everything else, you're like, what the what? So... <laughs> That's a strange one. Do you have a do you have a particular favorite video? I I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to say. Um, but I really do like the "Love You to Death" music video. I think that one's quite fun. Mm -hmm. uh, just because I really like the kind of stop motion weirdness that they use, and they're like in the middle of the forest, and that's like the one where Pete actually plays bass. Because like in the other ones, he kind of has a bass, and he sometimes doesn't. Yeah. And I'm like this looks like an actual live band so uh, yeah i really like that one do you, do you have a favorite one i'll be honest with you austin like uh, yeah the, a lot of their videos kind of merge into one for me this is a no i don't blame that, you you know apart from i don't want to be me i would i would say almost all the videos i've watched kind of merge into the same thing they're all just very gothic autumnal dark mm -hmm. and lots of close-ups of peter's face <laughs> <laughs> no you're totally right like uh after the after you've seen like a minute or two you're like all right i get it <laughs> yeah 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 um but so, but like you know our albums that i've really enjoyed october rust is great um oh, uh, i really enjoyed dead again for you know all the reasons that the critics say i shouldn't enjoy it sure um, i think it's yeah i think it's a good fun it's 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 the it's the album that i feel type of negative sound like they're having the most fun and just enjoying themselves in the studio Oh, I I hundred percent agree. Plus, they have Johnny Kelly playing live drums for the first time on an album, so I think oh, that really, really adds I didn't to know it. That. Yeah, they so like when they had their first drummer Sal Abrascado, uh, he did live drums from Slow Deep and Hard up to Bloody Kisses, and then once they had Johnny come in, they just did program drums, and then Dead Again is the only one where he plays live drums, and it's like, and whoa, you're right. I think. What Johnny had said, I, I believe in an interview, is he was like, it was just easier to go back and be like, oh, we need to change that up. Because if you have live drums, it's like, well, we can't really go back and change it. It's already recorded. And, uh, you know, we don't have that much time to reset up the drums again and just get that one extra, you know, drum fill or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know why they, they did live on Dead Again. Yeah, super weird. Interesting stuff. Full of knowledge. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's great. Five out of five. You are indeed a super fan. Wow. I'm, I was so nervous. How cool. <laughs> Brilliant work. One one last thing is uh, mm. for anyone listening that isn't a, uh, a big fan of Typo Negative or hasn't heard their mm. music before, um, what couple of sentences would you give to to persuade someone that they should give it a listen? Um, I think I would kind of give them the same recommendation that, that I wish I had where it's like, don't take it too seriously. These guys are really self-deprecating. They poke fun at themselves. Uh, you know, one of their shirts on the back says four dicks from Brooklyn. Like, you know, they, and I think they also have a really diverse discography. You can get something that's really, uh, like you said, gothic, ballady like October Rust, but also something really kind of thrashy and punky like Dead Again. And uh, I think you'll find stuff in there that you'll really enjoy. So it's a, it's a diverse band, and they're a lot of fun. So. Okay, thanks. Ah! Yeah, uh, good job. <laughs> we, we don't know how well you did <laughs> because yeah, of uh, the nature of recording at different times. But I'm sure you did fine. Now, you sent me a couple of days ago a link to Spotify to a really interesting typo negative cover by Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar. Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar, yeah. This is uh, <laughs> lullaby versions of typo negative. Yeah, and it's it's in uh, a typical green colour, a couple of teddy bears sleeping, and it's got all the classics, Black Number One, Love You to Death, Christian Woman, and it's all beautiful lullabies for, for babies. So if you've got little baby goths that you want to try and get back to sleep, then maybe play this to them. Yeah, or even if you want to get back to sleep, because it's just, it's just nice ambient music. And also, I think you'd have to know... The, I think you'd have to know their music inside out and back to front to recognise some of the, the tunes on there. Yeah, sure. It's not it's not particularly obvious. I mean, there's, you can't hear Peter Steele's distinctive voice over the top. <laughs> yeah, notably, it's not got any vocals. It's just plinks and plonks. <laughs> yeah, plinks and plonks. Isn't it? Yeah, just imagine him singing to your baby, like... Do you think they'd be they'd go to sleep, or do you think they'd be absolutely terrified? I think they'd probably jump out the window. Yeah. <laughs> oh god! Not, not least because he's uh, he's not been on this earth for ten years. Well, that's that's a good point. Yeah, the baby's like, "What are you doing alive?" <laughs> um, yeah. Have you seen what else they've done? Twinkle, twinkle, little rock star. I, I mean, I've, the list is endless, isn't it? It's absolutely endless. I've listened. The only other one I've listened to was the uh, Kanye West one God. and 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 that's why i say you've really got to know the music back to front to really uh, to to recognize it because the tracks that's on on the kenya west album they're all big hits by him they're all songs i do know really really well but mm. i wouldn't have recognized them if you'd if you'd have just played me the lullaby versions i don't think i would have recognized them mm. yeah but they're good it's, it's cool. nice it is nice start i don't think it doesn't have to be yeah. It doesn't. Ha- it's. I don't necessarily think it's good for what it is. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> covers of famous tunes, and you know, because I don't rec- really recognise them that much. They're so stripped back and so slowed down, and um, that they're kind of unrecognisable. But it is just nice ambient music. It is. Yeah. It's. 
some of these are so strange. They they've got so many albums like um, Lullaby versions of Limp Bizkit, of Placebo, of um, of Yes for all the uh, the prog rock baby fans. Yeah, there's so many there that I I'm not convinced it's a. I don't think it's a person. I think it's just a bot. Beastie Boys. <laughs> How do you do a lullaby of of Beastie Boys? Well, that's definitely not going to be recognisable, is it? It's just going to be so slowed down that you'll never recognise it as a Beastie Boys song. Oh, well, I, I might try and work through all of these. Try and find yeah, some good ones. Good luck. <laughs> uh, also, I found something else maybe of interest. We'll see. You know, I love tribute acts. I thought a great name for a typo negative tribute band would be typo positive. Yeah. <laughs> make the music make the music super happy. So I typed in typo positive. Like, come on, there's got to be a typo positive. And I found one on Facebook, although they've only got like 12 followers, almost no pictures. They've only got their logo, which is the typo negative logo, but with a plus sign instead of a negative. And clever. yeah, clever. I see what they did there. Uh, no recordings at all, almost no information. So I was like, this, this is even real? I don't know. I messaged them. I said, are you still going? Because I'd like to mention you. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, we just don't have any recordings. Okay, cool. So I thought... Also, they've got nothing to stream. They're just a bunch of guys that, that jam together. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So I thought, you know, if they get enough likes, if we all look for Typo Positive on Facebook, and they get enough likes, maybe they'll give us a bit of love back and give us some recordings of themselves. <laughs> just well, so supporting the little guys. Call to arms. Everyone, everyone listening, go like... What do you do on Facebook? Do you like or you follow? Uh, it depends if it's a, it depends if it's a page or a group or no, I don't know. No, just, just Facebook. Just it's... click a button. Just go to go to Facebook and click a button on typo positive. <laughs> Make them feel good. You're more Twitter, aren't you? Twitter just makes sense. It's just easy. Although we're we're, you know, we're in the fold now, aren't we? Owned by Elon. Yeah. Emperor of Mars. <laughs> Emperor of Mars. Yeah. Emperor of Mars and Twitter. <laughs> Alrighty, well that was that was good fun, good clean fun that was. That was much yeah. cleaner fun than I expected it to be. I was expecting yeah. it to be pretty dark and dirty, and actually it wasn't. It's it's pretty good, good clean fun. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. I'm really glad that uh, we've got into Typo Negative's music, and I'm really glad that I've started. I'm going to say started because it's not going to end here, but started looking into Peter Steele. There's definitely more to look into, and I will look into him further because he interests mm. me. Yeah interesting guy for sure if you would like to recommend somebody to us then please contact us via the contact form on superfannews.net you can also sign up to superfan news and reviews there and submit your own music reviews to our music review platform you can also contact us on the social medias on facebook and twitter or uh, email superfancast at outlook.com we'd love to hear from you um Send us send us your thoughts on the on the podcast, your reviews, or leave us a review on whatever podcast player you listen to us on. We are gonna be back in a couple of weeks for another deep dive, which next time is going to be PJ Harvey. Polly Jane. It is Polly, Polly Jane, Jane, isn't it? Polly I Jane don't Harvey. Know. Mm. I wondered that. I think it's Polly Jane Harvey, but we'll find out between now and the next episode. If that's just complete bollocks that I've made up, or if it's uh, if it's true. Until then, stay safe, everybody. Keep rocking, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.